When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Told you, didn't I? You didn't think there was going to be an episode today, did you? I ain't go front. I uh, had a lot going on this week. Didn't get really get a chance to record over the weekend last weekend. I forget what the hell even happened last weekend where I didn't record. But, you know, once a week is gone, that week is pretty much erased in my mind. So I already don't remember much of last week. But something happened, and I didn't get to record like usual. And I'm sitting here, and um, I was just going to put out Rocky Five on Friday. But I'm like, man, nah, I don't want to. I really don't want to miss a week. During the Black History Marathon, you know, technically, whatever, you know, it's March now. But no, fuck that. That's why we hope, that's why we do two months because we get short shafted in February. So I'm like, I don't want to short y'all even on the show. It's like, I got to give you something. But it's like, I'm running out of time because this Thursday afternoon as I record this, I just got out of bed and I was thinking to myself, like I said, I was going to put out Rocky. I was like, no, there got to be something. But then I remembered on the Criterion channel, they have a section there of Afrofuturism. And it's basically like black sci fi, you know, to put in layman's terms. And I was like, Let's see what's on there real quick, because Criterion will have shorts and everything on there. And there were a bunch of them that were like eight minutes long and seven minutes and 30 minutes. But the one that I ended up picking is the one I'm going to talk about a little bit today. It's called The Becoming Box. And this is going to be episode 289 of the podcast, because this is legit podcasting right here. This ain't a bonus episode now. This is home video hustling right here. And I was like, you know, I read the synopsis. And I'm, well, let me read it to you so you can maybe get a little bit why I picked this one. Pull up that Criterion app, homie. Yeah, The Becoming Box came out in 2011. It's 18 minutes long and is directed by Monique Walton. And the uh, description says, In the aftermath of Hurricane Katrina, a mysterious box appears in the backyard of three siblings, a portal that may offer an escape from their surroundings. And that caught my attention a little bit because I'm very curious. Because that sounds almost... There was a movie. Oh, what was it? It was about like a box. And it was like, if you open up the box... Oh, I think it was called The Box. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> I just thought about that. I think that's the actual name of the movie. But it was something about like I forget what the I forget what the plot of that movie. I saw that movie so long ago now. But it was like if you open up the box, somebody die or something. And I was just curious, like the same thing, like what happens? Like I said, what did it say again? It's like if they yeah, an escape from their surroundings. Like does that mean they open up the box, they're gonna die, or is it gonna be like some like Twilight Zone twist where it's like a fuck move, like bad ending type thing? Where it's like you open up the box and it's like it sends you back in time to slavery or some crazy shit like that. And then the whole moral will be like, oh, well, see, you should have never ran away from home. Or, I don't, I didn't, I didn't know what the fuck was. It caught my, like I said, it had my imagination going. So I was like, you know, but that's what we're going to watch. So this episode is all about the becoming box. I don't know if this is streaming anywhere other than Criterion. So if you ain't got, got Criterion channel. I mean, Criterion channel is worth it. 
that's pretty much that's in my top three of streaming apps. The apps I use the most, and you already know which one I use the most because we use a lot of their movies, but Tubi, Criterion, and Arrow. The Arrow video app is hype. I love the Arrow video app. If I had to sneak a fourth one in there, Paramount Plus is a good one too. And I know popular. What about Netflix? I don't. I rarely use Netflix, honestly. Like I, there ain't been a lot of Netflix stuff on there in a long time. It really made me. Look, oh, I've never got. I've never used Netflix. I've never paid for Netflix. I always use somebody else's, and I'm sure they're about to. That's another reason why they're probably getting rid of it. But see, the thing is, Netflix, you're gonna take that option away from me from using somebody's password, and that just means you're gonna get less viewers because I'm not paying for that shit. Because I never was interested in paying for that shit. I've never been a Netflix guy. I don't know if this is controversial statement or not, but I I hate binge watching. Honestly, like I, I'm a, you know, a kid. I grew up in the 90s, bro. Like we going to wait a week for that next episode. That does not bother me because it's like that with anything. So I'm one of those, you know, too much of any a good thing can still be a bad thing sometimes. Like I'll be loving a show and I'll be blazing through that shit. And eventually I'm going to get bored with it because I've been watching it so goddamn much. It happens with everything except Mystery Science Theater. I can have that plan all day, every day and never get tired of it. So don't worry about that. But I mean, shows like like Snowfall, I remember I was kind of on Hulu. I was binge watching it with like episode, episode, back to back to back. And then it's like, I love that show. But then I got burned out on it. And it's like, I haven't been back to it since. And that was probably like two years ago. <laughs> I just, I'm not a fan. I like having those breaks in between. I'm not, you know, it's too much shit to do, honestly. I got video games to play. I got other shit to watch. I got podcasts to record. It's like, I'm not about to spend eight hours watching something. That's probably nine times out of ten, nine ain't going to be worth to fucking binge watch either. That's one of the reasons why I was mad about Mystery Science Theater getting canceled off Netflix. But it is for the, probably is for the best because when they did their own thing, which already is better at front because you ain't got nobody telling you what to do. You got your own shit. But then you ain't got to worry about the motherfuckers being like, oh, you got to binge watch these and then you get another crop episodes next year. I hear that complaint a lot too. Or it's like... Oh, I binge watched all these in a day, and now I gotta wait like a year and a half for new episodes. I'm like, yeah, that's why you, I like having it spread out because by the time you get to the end, you got a little bit less time because they could be filming new shit while those are coming out. I don't know. It's just me. Maybe that's just me. I hate binge watching. Netflix model is like terrible to me. Like how Disney Plus releases Mandalorian and like HBO Max does The Last of Us. Like make it an event. Make me want to be there to watch the show. That's what keeps me interested. You know, oh man, next week, you know. You got all week to wonder, like, oh, man, what's going to happen? Oh, man, you know, is it going to be this? Is it going to be that? When you watch it all back to back to back to back to back, back it kind of takes the fun out of it to me. Because it's like, well, you already know what happened. And then, like I said, if it ends up not being great, then you just, like, watch well, the eight hours of my fucking life. You know, I could have been playing my game. I can be doing this. I can be doing that. No, no, no. And granted, yes, I know you can just, on Netflix, you can play an episode and, like, force yourself, I guess, in a way to come back to it next week. But that's still not the same to me. Like, I don't know, man. I'm not a fan of that model. I know I'm probably in the like 5% of people that aren't, you know, because everybody's like, oh, I want it now, now, give it to me now, 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 now. And I'm like, no, I can be patient with some shit. Give me that shit next week. I got my feel. I like that episode. That was a great episode. I'll be back next week. <laughs> I don't need a bunch of it all at once. Don't force feed me this shit. Just let me, let me pace myself. But I'm sorry. I'm no super off track though. Just. Rants about social media. And I'm not social media, but uh, streaming apps. Fuck, I wonder why. Welcome to the Home Video Hustle, goddammit. We back. But The Becoming Box, like I said, this is episode 289. It's directed by Monique Walton. It's starring, I'm probably going to fuck this up because I know it's like, it's spelled one way, but I know it's pronounced a different way. I'm going to say Donna Duplantier. Is it spelled like Duplantier? But I know that's not how you say that. So I'm going to say Donna Duplantier, and I'm going to hope I'm right. Jeremy Gaines and Monique Moss. 
It's probably the, the shortest fucking like directing and starring. It's one line on the notes. Usually it's like two or three. And then you know the funny thing is that this is eighteen minutes. But I wrote notes. I, I think we watched whole ninety minute movies that had this same amount of notes because it was since it was so so short. I wanted to make sure I was getting everything, so I was just taking no 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 notes, notes, notes. and you know all the lines. I was, oh that was a good line. Write that line. Da, da, da. All that type of shit. So the becoming box. Right off the bat, I was wondering if I was right. And about the, you know, the box sending you back to something you really don't want to go back to. Because when it first starts out, there's a homie just in the backyard of his crib or something doing whatever he's doing. And a woman just comes bursting out the back door and is like running down the steps with some keys in her hand. And uh, she's running towards a box, which I would guess would be the becoming box when I was watching it, which I was right. It is the becoming box. And she's running toward it and she gets tackled by another woman. And they take the keys from her. She just like, fuck. You know, she don't say that, but you can tell that's how she's feeling in her head. And then you get the title. So I'm like, okay, right off the bat. The box is bad. We don't fuck with that box, apparently. Or they're, they're stopping her from, you know, going into it. Because, again, I'm thinking, okay, now, now I'm thinking, like, is this Futurama type shit? Is this a suicide box? Is it like, you know. Because, I mean, I wasn't there in New Orleans for Hurricane Katrina, but I was alive and watched it happen. And I know it fucked up a lot of people's lives. It killed a lot of people. Fucked up, like, whole like uprooted businesses that people start like send people back to zero in, in a lot of cases. So I know it could be very tempting to just be like, let's just get the fuck out of here. So I'm like, is that what the box is? Or is it like, I don't know. Is it going to send you to like the void? Is it going to send you to like get out? Just some, I don't know what the fuck it is, but I'm like, okay, apparently this is something that you shouldn't be doing because they're stopping her from doing it. So again, this interests me a little bit more. And of course you're in New Orleans. Cause like I said, Hurricane Katrina, everything's in New Orleans. And you know it again, because they got the band plan. And, but I was confused at first. I'm like, are they playing in a house? Because it looks like they're just walking down a, I don't know the fancy way, like the foyer, I guess. I don't know. It's like some house shit. They're walking down the fucking hallway and they're playing the music and people are just sitting there. But I think it's actually like some kind of art museum because there's like paintings and everything on the wall. And uh, it's a brother and sister, I guess. Oh, man, what were their names? Because old girl gets two names at one point. Her original name was, not, not see, I was about to say the wrong name, wasn't I? What was I about to say? Renee. The brother's name is Mark. Because that was easy to remember as I saw his name. I was like, he's Mark. All right. So Renee and Mark are sitting there talking, but they're talking about their mother. I'm guessing, like I said, it's a short, so I'm inferring some stuff here. But I'm, apparently, because they're saying something about mom isn't missing. And so I'm like, okay, so the mom must have fucked with that box or something. And it did something because the mom ain't there no more. So now you're like, okay, what the fuck is this box doing? You don't get a lot of answers, though, because, you know, the brother and sister kind of, like I said, the brother's like, hey, man, look. She ain't missing, all right? She went to the box and some shit happened. I don't know, but let's go dance, though. <laughs> and so they dance for a little bit. And like I said, you get more, a lot of it is, and you find out in the next scene pretty much, the mom went in that box. Nobody knows what happened to the mom. Nobody's seen the mom. So, like, did the mom just fall into oblivion? Or, I don't know. The sister, Renee, which is pretty much the main character, she's just like, look. I'm going to go fuck with that box. He's like, this ain't home no more. This ain't, she's like, he's like, you're home now. You know, you're a family because I guess she came in from out of town. So she don't really, I guess she wasn't there when it really happened. So she don't know exactly what's popping. But the brother's telling her like, look, mom fucked with the box. Mom is gone. But you home now. You here with your family. You know, you home. And she's like, this ain't home no more. My mama gone. God damn it. You know, the hurricane came and washed everything away. This ain't home no more. And I think Renee, yeah, she actually does. She catches the other sister, her name was Betty. I'm pretty sure I heard that name, right? And she's opening up the box and it's like, I get real big Pulp Fiction vibes. Because as the box opens, you get that glow from out of there. And I'm thinking, all right, when the box opens, I'm like, all right, 
in my mind, like I said, I'm just trying to figure this shit out as it goes along. So I'm like, okay, I'm like the box. It's like a it's like a glow. I'm okay, so this is like a heavenly glow. So was I right about the suicide box thing? But it's like taking people to heaven or something. It's like taking the pain away. It's like, you know, take you away from all the pain and the death and you know, all the destruction that came with the hurricane. It's like, you know, taking you to a better place, quote unquote, you know, heaven or whatever. I'm not gonna say, but that's just what I'm thinking right now because she actually goes out there and closes. I think she stops the sister from like going in there. Cause I, I at first I thought if you opened it, it just like did whatever. But apparently you gotta get in the box from what I saw in the ending when we ain't got there yet. But I ain't gonna say too much. But that's what I'm thinking. But apparently you gotta get in that bitch. And she stopped her from getting in there, and then you know they hug and start crying and everything. But apparently, Renee does decide to get in that box. Because like I said, I think they even said the line in the movie, they say it's like a strange obsession obsession, you know. Because, you know, the whole, it's almost like, how can I put this? Like, there's a cure for your sickness, like a pill or something. They say there's a pill on the table. It's like, this can, you know, get rid of the pain. But you don't know what's going to happen, actually, if you take it. There's, you know, you're assuming that that pill is going to help take the pain away, but you don't know for it. So it's like, do you take that shit? And I guess it's like the the mom disappeared. And, you know... Maybe she's thinking about it as like maybe it's death. I don't want to be here. No, she's like my mom gone. My the family's all fucked up. Shit's fucked up. Maybe that box would just be a quick exit. Maybe I'll just take that risk. I'll roll them dice and see what's gonna happen. Because I think there's even a line where she said, "No, the past is dead. You know, there's nothing here for me anymore. So, what the fuck? Should I just fuck with the box?" And she does. She ends up getting in the box, and it's like a real big switch. And I was confused because. um, I thought maybe I'd hit the thing on my controller as I had to watch this on the Xbox because the TV was loading shit too slow. And uh, I thought maybe I accidentally bumped it to like the next thing or something because it's a real abrupt change. And it shows a woman dancing. She's got kind of like, I thought it was like maybe a British accent or something like that at first, but I don't know if that's exactly what it was, but it was an accent. And there's a woman dancing and she's like, my name is Marie Villalobos. And then she's like, now I'm doing this interpretive dance. You know, I created this dance for this reason and everything. She's getting interviewed by somebody. Some documentary person or something, documentarian. He drops a bomb on her because he's like, you know, that's what's up. I fuck with the dancing. But I'm actually here to talk to you because um, you're not Marie. You're Renee. And of course, she's like, what? Because it's the same actress, too, I guess I should say to make it make sense. It's the same actress. But she's not Renee anymore. She's Marie Villalobos. And uh, they're telling her, like, look, you're actually Marie. Your family has been looking for you. They said you went into a box and you disappeared. And then, you know, they start, they see you and they're like, wait, that's her. But you're going by a different name now. So we're trying to get to the bottom of this. So now, okay, I'm like, all right, this box didn't kill her. Like I thought it was going to the whole time. I'm guessing the box, because I think they even say this in the movie. They're like, the box apparently erased your fucking mind, started you from scratch. And it put you somewhere and gave you a whole different life and personality and apparently voice because you sound different. And it basically gave you a different shot at life, I guess. And they were trying to tell her, like, hey, look, this ain't you, though. So why don't you come holler at us and we'll show you what's real? And, of course, she don't believe that shit at first. But then she, the more and more she looks at that picture of herself, she's like, all right, well, prove this shit to me. I'll give you one shot. Prove it to me. Prove that I'm actually Marie and not, I'm sorry. Prove that I'm Renee and not Marie. So they take her back to her family. And, of course, the family's like, yo, whoa, it's really you. I didn't, you know, they got her and they're trying to jog her memory, showing her pictures and everything. He's like, that's you. She's like, motherfucker, that's not me. And he pulls out 
a trophy that was like, okay, you you know, you a dancer here. Bam, here's a crow. Uh, <laughs> uh, what's the word I'm doing for it? a dance trophy for you? Like this is you. Like you won this. Like you a dancer. You got dance trophies. You was Renee. You see what I'm saying? And she's like, nah, bro. But the thing that kind of stops her a little bit is that she she goes out to the backyard. She sees that box. And maybe the box triggered that memory. Or maybe she sees that box and they're like, oh, damn, there actually is a box back here. Maybe they're selling me something that's real. And the brother trying to be cool. And the brother is like, look, that box do some weird shit. And he's like, you weren't happy here anymore. So you you had an exit. Can't be mad at you for wanting to take an exit from all this shit. It's fucked up, man. Everything's going to be all right. And, you know, he's probably looking at it as, you know, we can get your memory back. We can do this. We can do that. But I'm thinking, because like I said, it's one of those endings where it's like it doesn't tell you exactly what happens. But Marie, when they walk away, she gets in the box again. Because I'm like, all right, maybe seeing that box triggered that memory back. And it's like, oh, I remember now. And the brother's like, you know, you're back home now. Everything's going to be cool. You weren't happy here anymore, but we can, you know, we can work on that. And she's basically like, nah. And she gets in the box again, which I'm assuming means she's about to, you know, re-up again and start fresh somewhere else and probably hope that they don't find her again. But they don't really show what happens because she gets in the box. And then there's just like a little voiceover. And you know, I'm actually just, I do have it on my phone. I'm going to play the voiceover for you. Because I tried to write it down, but it was going fast and I didn't get the chance to write it all down. I just want to go home. Really? Your body fills up with grief. And you wonder, how did I find this place? What road brought me to this pain? But it's outside of you. It ain't your doing. All you can do is hope for a change that may never come. There you go. So, yeah, that's pretty much (laughs) the end of that short right there. Do not want to be here. I do not want to go back to this shit. I don't remember none of this. I want to just move on and try again. And that's where the movie ends at. So, you know what? Since this is a normal episode of the show, before I tell you what I really thought about it and we get more deeper into it, I'm going to go ahead and play promo. And I think I forgot to switch it again. (laughs) I wasn't expecting to play promo. So, fuck it. Why not? For your reference, go on and tell them about yourself again. friends and potential lovers, have you ever felt so passionately after watching a TV show or a movie but not have a pal to share it with? Allow us the honor of keeping you company with our weekly podcast for your reference with your hosts, KT and OT. Each episode, we break down our hot takes that you'll either ardently agree or vehemently disagree with. Like subs versus doves. How important is a cohesive narrative? What's with the popularity of the relatable villain? Is it possible to be truly objective in spite of your own experiences? And most importantly, are you getting a clue and which direction is it pointing? Come on now, it's pointing towards for your reference. That's a great reference. If you've got a little room in your rotation for some salacious frivolity, check out for your reference wherever you listen to podcasts. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and 
What do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Much love to KT and Odie. I got you out here, man. We're going to keep showing that promo because I keep forgetting. Well, like I said, in this case... I didn't really forget. I just didn't think I was going to you know, do all this. But, you know, it's proper episode. It's Friday in California. Shoot, goddamn it. Let's go. But, yeah, the Becoming Box, man. You know, it's funny. 18 minutes long. And I think I paid more attention and thought more about this movie than I have. In a, for a lot of movies we watch, a lot of times we watch goofy shit. But this time, I'm like, all right, we're watching something. That's, it's, it's saying something. And it's talking about real shit that happened, you know, Katrina and everything. So, I'm like... Paying full attention. It really had me thinking, though, honestly, because I told you guys before I plan on getting up out of Ohio sometime well, sometime this year. Definitely this year, for sure. I just don't know what time. It all depends on how some things transpire. But at some point, I'm heading out. And I was thinking about it because, you know, the whole thing is, you know, you want to get away. You know, it just don't feel like home no more and all that. But I was thinking about it now. At first, for a quick second, I was like reflecting on my own decisions i'm like that ain't why i'm leaving is it and it's like no it's really not for that reason it ain't because it, i mean it still feel like home and i'm sure there's gonna be some homesickness when i leave but it's the cool things that you can always come back but i was more it's more so for me i just want to do something new you know i've been here for 32 years now and i just want to branch out and try something new mess somebody new and everything got friends down there so they like i'm starting from super scratch so it's like I'm not really running away from anything, more so just wanting to experience new things, you know, because it's going to sound wild because, uh, you know, down there in Cali, where I plan on moving to, that's where the, the, soup com- the superiority complex crew hang out at. And this may sound maybe, I don't know, maybe sad to some people. I don't know. But I got friends here and you know that, you know, I got PJ for sure. That's my man's. And I got an update about PJ, too, for you guys. I said it in the other Rambo, uh, which oh, I haven't released that yet. So. Bam, this works. But I got an update about PJ, too. But all that to say, I've never really, here in Ohio, had a real big group of friends that I hung out with. Namely, nobody blamed but me because I'm very not sociable with people. I never really have. And I've been getting better over the last few years, it seems. Like, podcasting has helped me with that a little bit more. But it was just a whole different vibe when I'm out in California. Because, you know, I got that whole crew and I'm cool with all of them. And, you know, we go out hanging out, hanging out at the bar, going out to restaurants, doing everything. And that was, honest to God, the first time in my life I really felt like, well, not the first. It's different. But I always say, I'll say this part first. But it was nice to be able to just hang out with a big group of friends like you see on TV and everything. You know, I'd never really had that before. But I was going to say, technically, I have hung out with big groups of friends before because of my man Jeff. You know, he always hang out with a bunch of people, and I was cool with Jeff. So me and Jeff would hang out, and I hang out with them through Jeff. But it was mainly like I'm cool with all of them. I love them homies, but them is mainly Jeff's people. It was crazy to be hanging out with a group of people that are actually like all my peoples, you know, like not really introduced through nobody else. And you know, I met them all through the podcast, and so it was just a different vibe out there that I've never experienced before, and it was actually pretty cool. I can't lie. So I was thinking about that as it was playing out. You know, I'm like, is it, my plot ain't really to bang out for the you know, to escape or nothing. Mine is to experience something new. So I guess I'm not experiencing my own becoming box, I guess is what I'm trying to say. But it had me thinking about that for a minute, though. But I've had traumatic stuff going and I've, I didn't have me thinking about it. Like I said, 18 minute thing had me thinking about shit a lot about the duration, the short duration of the thing. And that's the thing I keep, I keep not wanting to call it. If I got to get out that habit, it's still a film. It's just a short film. I keep wanting to see these shorts or these whatever. 
it's a fucking film, bro. It's 18 minutes long. No, that's the only difference. It's still shot like film. They say film is just a short version. So it's a fucking film. That's what I'm trying to say. <laughs> but I was thinking about it because, you know, in this movie, the box is basically there as an escape from, you know, the, the tough, fucked up realities of life, what happened going on. I was trying to think about it. Like, if I had this box, you know, what would be, what was the traumatic moment in my life that would have made me jump into this box and just say, I'm just going to say fucking is it? See what happens. You know, I don't know what's going to happen with this box, but, you know, I've seen somebody get into it and disappear. So, like, is this a way out or is this a way to something new? Scenario in my life would have happened to where I would have taken that risk and tried to find out. Because, I mean, I've, we told stories we joked about in the past and everything, but, you know, there was stuff that went on when I was a kid that I definitely wanted to get the fuck. See, the, the crazy thing is, is that people... Like the Afro, the whole Afrofuturism thing. Like growing up, it was like I was a nerd because I was into sci-fi and everything. But the cool thing about it was, is that the things that were going on in my life as a kid, I won't get super into or nothing like that. But there was a lot of fuck shit going on when I was a kid, and I didn't want to be bothered with it. There were several times where I felt like I had to be the sensible one, you know, in, in situations I had to be the one to calm shit down. I had to be the protector in some other cases with my brother and everything with Cameron. It always felt like I had to be on the lookout. You know, I was full of rage when I was young. I was an angry little nigga because I didn't know how to handle some of this shit. And so for a long time, and you know, honestly, it was basically thanks to Star Wars, even for the most part. I think Star Wars is the first big sci-fi thing. I told that story before, I think. That was my escape with science fiction. So I would read books, you know, I'd watch Star Wars. I'd find other stuff to get into, video games and everything. So sci-fi was my escape. I guess that was my box. So it was, that's why... The whole Afrofuturism thing caught my attention because I'm sure I wasn't the only person that looked at sci-fi as a means to escape, like as my box, you know. And so, I, like I said, I'm just sitting here thinking like, but would there be an actual time that I would just, like I said, I can sit down and I can watch Blade Runner or something and zone out for an hour and a half. But the only thing I can think of that may have happened in my life, because that stuff was bad. Like there was rough times, but. I didn't think, I don't, I don't know. Well, I say it's hard to look because I'm 32 now and that shit is probably like damn near fucking 15 years ago, 20 years ago, whatever that I was really feeling a lot of that shit. No, actually probably more like 25, yeah, whatever I was, I was young. But <laughs> the only thing I could think of really that would have made me maybe jump into this box and start over was when my grandmother passed away. Because that was rough. That was hard. Because, you know, if you listen to the podcast for a long time, you already know how I felt about my grandmother. My grandma's the reason y'all even get to hear me every week. Because she's the one that told me to go ahead and just go for it. You know, when I was, you know, pops wanted me to go be architect and shit like that. And I'm like, I don't want to do architecture. I want to I do radio. I, I want to do something creative. And so me and him butted heads about that for years. And I, our relationship still hasn't 100% rip, uh, repaired from that. But my grandma was the one that told me, go for that shit. You want to go to broadcasting school? He to, I'll take you. You know, if uh, you need a place to stay or, you know, ride, I'll take you. You know, she helped me do that shit because I'll never forget when I first put out that fucking Equilibrium episode and I was so hyped. And I went and told her, I'm like, yo, me and PJ, we did this. And I, of course, I mean, I can't let her hear a lot of this stuff, unfortunately. But I would like isolate clips and I'm like, hey, listen to this part. You know, not the part where me and PJ are yelling, pussy and all this other type of crazy shit. You know, she probably wouldn't have been too surprised anyway. But, and then like all those times where. Like Mario and them, you know, I'm, there's on Twitter and they're like, oh, yo, you know, I love the home video hustle. I love this episode. Or you don't get iTunes reviews. I'm just reading them off to my grandma because I'm new in my mind. Like you the reason this is happening. So I got to share this with you. I remember years ago, like my my, my grandma told me that uh, when I was a kid, 
I don't know if I was doing it to be an asshole or not, but I would tell my, I would tell everybody like, oh, my grandma's my favorite person. I love her more than anybody. And she was like, oh, yeah, quit telling me about that. And I was like, why? It's true. And she's like, yeah, I know it's true, but you know, your mom and dad, that don't make them happy to hear that. And I was like, oh, I never thought about that. I'm just out there, you know, just like, oh, yeah, I love her. Because I, in a way, she was my fucking box for a long time. Whenever she got crazy at home, I just go spend a weekend at her house. And, you know, we, you know, sit and watch Mystery Science Theater, do whatever the fuck we do. Because she used to love that show, too. You know, shout out to Uncle Michael for even getting everybody hip to it. But, but yeah, so she was probably the most important person in my development for a long time. So, yeah, as I was thinking about it, I was like, that probably probably would be the one thing that might have made me roll the dice on a box if it had rolled up in my backyard. But I'm glad I didn't know. I mean, if it was here, you know, I'd be glad I wouldn't do it because it'd be, it would suck to start all the way over from scratch. Like, I don't know if I want to do that. As bad as things have been. And we know with all the other events in my life, I won't get into right now. But there's definitely times where I wanted to, like, maybe a temporary escape. But I don't know if I would want a full-blown start from scratch, hit the reset button type of thing. Because I tell people all the time, you know, when things happen, it's a learning experience. Things that I've been through and gotten through have made me who I am today. So if you were to take that away, who am I anymore? You know, just like she, she was Renee and then, you know, she jumped in boxing now. She just a whole completely different fucking person. I wouldn't want to be a whole different person. You know, there are some things I could still work on. But for the most part, I like who I've become, you know, even in recent years, you know, talk to the therapist and shit. Like last year or whatever that was and making improvements on myself and everything, you know. The energy you put out is what you get back. And I feel like since I've gotten a better energy about myself, I've had better things coming. You know, I've got, gone through school, got the fucking IT degree, got an IT job. And apparently I'm doing so good at it that they keep training me to do shit. <laughs> like start out working on servers and then they had me working on GPC boards on like, MRI machines. And then I'm working on the collimators and C-host boards. And then I'm doing the whole gantry PCs and now I'm working on FRC things. And it's just... They put me on special projects. You know, they had motherboards that they were going to throw away. And they were like, hey, you know, oh, if, if you got time, can you tinker with some of these and see if you can get any of them to work? Because we were just going to throw them all away. And out of seven boards, I got three of them bitches to work. So, you know, I, I know a little something out here. I'm getting better at shit. And so, like I said, it's just the things that you learn. And I wouldn't want to throw all that away. Experiences, you know, good and bad. Because like I said, both will help shape you to who you are. So when my grandmother passed... I might have been at a lower point that I may have took that risk maybe and just say, you know, I don't even want to deal with this shit right now. Because that's pretty much, I won't say that I like just tried to play it off, but I did just try not to think about it. To this day, I even was talking with Anita and she asked me, you know, how long has it been since your grandmother passed away? And I legit couldn't remember what year she passed because I try not to think about it. Like, I don't even remember that shit. Like one thing I never, I don't think I ever spoke about this before, but when she did pass... She didn't really want us to do like a whole big funeral or nothing like that. So there was like a little viewing or whatever. But uh, when it came time for national funeral, you know, we did our thing with the funeral people. But they had like a little viewing mainly just for her sister. As you know, her sister, she stayed. She don't live in Ohio. So she came and, you know, it was like, well, she's going to, we know we all got to be there when she passed and everything. But her sister wasn't there. So, of course, you can't just be like, oh, well, you know, we ain't doing all that. So, and it was almost like, how can I even describe that shit? Just sitting there in those little... I don't know what those things are called, like the pews or whatever the fuck they're called. As you know, I was there with mom. I don't know, that's how I describe it. It was just like numb at that time. Because I knew she was gone. You know, we'd done everything already, but it was just like seeing her one last time. 
Because throughout the years, a lot of times when shit happened, I just kind of ignored it. I just numbed myself to it. So I just became like unemotionally attached and everything. And I kind of tried to do that because, again, you know, my mom right next to me crying. So it's like, I don't want to be. I mean, it don't make no sense. I know. Maybe it's like a masculinity thing or some shit like that. I guess. I don't know. But it's like, I didn't want to sit there and be like blubbering and crying and nothing. I'm just trying to be there for my mom. But one thing I always remember, though, when we were getting up to walk out, I looked back one last time and I just had that that view. You know, you just see her laying there one last time. And admittedly, after I did it, for a while there, I regretted doing it because it was like that was the image that was stuck in my head. You know, a lot of times when I think about her, I would like have memories and everything, but I would always remember that last turnaround where I looked back at her and saw her laying there. And then for a long time, I was like, why did I do that? Because that's the image. Now, of course, you know, that's the one that's burned the last image. Because that's why I remember even having family members like, oh, you know, I don't want to come down there because I don't want to, you know, I don't want to see her like that. I don't want that to be my last memory. And I was like, I get it. Because, you know, for a while. But then I looked at it. And, you know, it's not a bad thing per se because she passed because of cancer. So, you know, she was hurt physically and mentally. My grandma was one of them super, like, independent women. You know, she liked doing everything herself. So, Near the end, I know it drove her crazy having to have everybody help her do shit. So I just started looking at it as, you know, the look, the last look back doesn't have to be a sad thing. It can be, you know, look back one last time and you see that she ain't hurting no more. So that's how I look at it now. And of course, all the other memories are still here. It ain't like those got erased or nothing. It took me a minute to deal with that, though, to process all that shit. Then, you know, it doesn't have to be a bad thing to look back one last time. <laughs> so all that to say. Because <laughs> I know that was a long little stretch there, but never really talked about that shit with nobody before like that, though. So thank you guys for listening. All that just to say that at that point in my life, I might have fucked with the box because it was a lot. But now where I'm at in my life, I don't think I would do it. Like I said, there's ways to deal with grief without having to just say fuck and it just hit the reset button. And I think in the short, that's pretty much where the brother was because the brother, because like I said, the sister even at one point was looking into the box. Like, she was debating on it. But it was funny enough, Renee is the one that stopped her. But the brother in the whole movie never seems to be tempted by the box. The brother's the one that's like, where I'm at now, pretty much. Or it's like, you know, just let it go, you know. you hope. Like they said, I think they, yeah, at the end, it was like, hope for a change that may never come. Which seems bleak. But it might, though. It may never come, but it might. Like I said, I'm sure at the low point when me and my grandma, or my grandma passing, I'm sure I was probably the least hopeful motherfucker in the world. But as these couple years have gone by since then, things have gotten better. The memory's still there. You know, she's not around, but I got the memories. But like I said, I'm using my personal life as an example because I wasn't there for Katrina. But to use Katrina as an example, of course, you know, lots of people lost loved ones. Lots of people lost businesses. Lots of people lost their homes. So I'm sure lots of people there would have wished for a reset button. Just, you know, let's just start new somewhere else, start fresh. But unfortunately, we didn't have that. Or they didn't have that, I should say. So, you know, you just got to keep moving forward. You hope for a change that may never come. And, and in recent years, you know, they've tried to read. They not even try. They've rebuilt stuff. They've redone new things like, you know, you just have to work to repair. And it's a lot of work for sure. Like I said, I've even had to work to with my grandma try and come to grips with that. But you just keep moving forward. You know, don't jump in the box and give you everything about yourself up. Just start fresh. Just keep going forward. And I think at least that's what I got from it anyway. Like I said, maybe tinged by my own personal life experiences, but that's what I got from it. So with all that being said, as a short, though, I did like it. I enjoyed it. It's 18 minutes long. I was going to give it a 7 out of 10. I was between the 7 and the 8, and I couldn't get all the way to the 8. 
So, you know, on the pod, you know, my rule here on the podcast, if you can't decide between two numbers, you got to just stick with that lower one. So I'm going to give it a seven, but it was close to an eight, though. I did enjoy it for the short run time it had. And then, like I said, well, you, as you guys just heard, it had me thinking a lot. So I'm sure it's going to be a lot of editing this week. So there's a lot of pauses here, but, you know, it had me <laughs> thinking. So there may be a little artsy-fartsy for a lot of homies. I know I listen to this podcast. They're used to me talking about shit like breaking and everything. But every now and again, you know, I like to watch things that aren't goofy. Actually, honestly, if you look at my collection, I have a lot of like, movies like this. Or like that. I just don't talk about them a lot on the podcast because they seemingly don't make for entertaining, you know, discussion. On, but I feel when it's just me, it works better like that because you know I can just get straight to the point and everything. But I guess I'll find out when I can look at these download numbers and see people, <laughs> you know, how they feel about it. But it was nice to just watch something a little bit more artsy, maybe the word for. I don't know. I don't know the word I'm looking for profound i don't know <laughs> it's not surviving the game you know rock isn't getting his legs blown off on an atv that type of thing so yeah seven out of ten and with this still being our black history month marathon in march i do have some black history flashcards for your ass from the urban intellectuals and this week we have the great pyramid of giza 2580 to 2560 bce uh the great pyramid of giza in cairo egypt is also known as the pyramid of khufu or the pyramid of Cheops. I'm sorry about these names, bro. I'm trying. The oldest and largest pyramid at Giza and the oldest uh, seven wonder of the ancient world. It actually has eight sides that can only be seen from above. Believed to be a tomb for the fourth dynasty Egyptian pharaoh Khufu, but no mummies were ever found opening up debates amongst scholars for possible other uses. Originally stood 481 meters tall, the tallest structure on earth for 3,800 years. The sides of the base have an average error of only 2.28 inches in length, and it is the most accurately aligned structure in existence, facing true north with only 360th of a degree of error. Estimated to weigh 5,750,000 tons, it sits on the center of the land mass of Earth, one of only two places on the planet that could support its weight. Didn't know that part, though. And that is the Great Pyramid of Giza. I actually didn't know some of that shit. I ain't going for it. I didn't know it weighed that much, but I guess it does make sense that it weighs so much. I guess it makes sense that they built it where they built it. But it's crazy that even back then they were able to figure that out, though. You know, scientists and all that, mathematicians, whatever, like, all right, this is the best place to put this. Like, I wouldn't to this day. I wouldn't know where to put that shit. Like, I don't know. Put it over there in the corner, nigga. Like, <laughs> a shout out to them, man. Some smart motherfuckers, some smart brothers out there. But yeah, that's the Becoming Box. And uh, I don't, the next episode. I might have to fill in again because I got stuff going on this weekend as well. I'm not I'm not even going to be in town this weekend, so I might have to watch something else. But maybe after next week might be the week I do it. But I do have a movie specifically that me, Chris, and Cam want to watch that we're going to get to. Like I said, probably not the next episode, but the episode after that. So next week, it might just be me again talking to you about something. What? I don't know yet. So, yeah, if you want to follow the show. You can follow me at capital H, capital V, capital H, capital P, lowercase iCast, HVH Podcast on Twitter. On Instagram, you can follow me at Home Video Hustle Podcast. On YouTube, we are at Home Video Hustle. And patreon.com slash home video hustle is where you can help support the show. And you get bonus episodes and uh, you get to make us watch a movie. $1 tier, you can do it once. $3 tier, you can do it as long as I keep doing the show. We're going to get back to those after the Black History Month Marathon. We might just blitz through all of them after this. Just get them all done. Because I know it's been a while. Y'all been waiting. Oh, PJ. So I was going to say we stopped doing it for a while because I was waiting on PJ to see if he was coming back for sure or not. I talked to P over the weekend and I went and took him his Sade shirt that I got him when I went to California. I went to Amoeba, the record store, and they had a Sade shirt. And I was like, oh, I got to. 
gotta get him that. And we were laughing because Anita was like, oh, a small is going to be too big. Why don't we get a medium? And I'm like, a small is perfect. Believe me. And he put that shirt on. He's like, it fits. <laughs> so that, yeah, PJ wears small t-shirts. So if you want to get PJ some shirts, get him a small. But yeah, we, we sat and talked for a while. You know, he's giving me updates. He's actually new kid. <laughs> He'll be here sometime in the summertime. He's getting ready to move actually closer to me. He's not, he's not going to be on the north side no more. He's going to be on the southeast side. I'm on the south side. So he'll probably be like 20 minutes away. We talked about it and I told him, you know, about the Cali move. And I'm not for certain if I'm moving in the summer or the fall yet. Like I said, circumstances permitting. And so we talked about it and I was like, man, I got to get you back for at least one before I go. We got to get in the, back on the couch, man, for one more show. And he was like, oh, man, what could we do? We didn't already did all the big ones, right? I'm like, man, we ain't did Grindhouse. We ain't did Hardcore Henry. We ain't did uh, Scarface. We ain't did Punisher Warzone. He was like, we ain't done none of those. I was like, hell no. And it was like big ones for me and him. It was all Friendship Fundamentals. Or the Dark Knight is the Oh, Dark Knight Casino Royale. Those are the other two. So all those Friendship Fundamentals, we ain't done yet. And so he was like, you know what? He's like, shit, we got a basement at my spot. I'm about to move to. He's like, man, we bring the mixer and everything over there. Because that's the thing, you know, trying to get him over here when he got kids is rough because, you know, the kids need their daddy. If I'm over there, though, it's all good. So we discussed it. And hopefully, if everything goes according to plan... We're going to record at least a whole month of episodes, just like the good old days, me and PJ. And I don't know. <sighs> like I said, it all depends on when I'm moving for sure. But I'm going to try and make the last month here in Ohio. I'm going to try and just make all me and PJ episodes. You know, PJ called it the last horizon, what he said. And then once I'm in California, you know, we just have to do like everybody else's Skype or whatever, whenever I get a chance to. Or I'll just have to do them solo like this. And we'll figure something out, believe me. Guests or something like that for a while. You know, Chris and Cameron have to get them set up on Skype if they want to get on and everything. But it's going to be a huge change when I'm not here no more. Because I won't be able to record in person with people no more like I do now. So I told P, before I go, we got to do it one more time. And he agreed. So sometime in the future, I'll give you more info as it comes. But And even honestly, if I can get him, like if we can just record at his house, maybe I'll just, any chance I get. You know, and then just save those big ones for that last month. Have them recorded and just save them or edit them and schedule them. And, you know, so that week when I'm getting ready to move, I don't have to, you know, do all this stuff, maybe. But even if we get all those done and then we still got time or something, then just do some more. I don't know. And give you a little bit more PJ before I go. I know you guys miss him. Hell, I miss him. I'm not going to lie, man. I was listening back to the Jingle All The Way episode. And I was just like, man, I miss them days, man. I really do. So we're going to get it back one more time. But until then, like I said, I'll give you some more info, but I just got to let you know one more thing, y'all. I'm Brent. Have a good rest of your Friday. Have a good rest of whatever fuck day you listen to this on. I got you in almost an hour, man. I've been giving you some short episodes. I know. Oh, shout out to Soul Wizard Podcast. You know, Markellis gave me some love on there. And he was, you know, they were doing Black History Month uh, recommendations. And at the end of the month, he showed love to like Call 45 and Fans on Patrol. And uh, then they, you know, threw me and P at the end. And he was talking about, you know, the HVH radio and everything too. You know, it made a brother feel good. It actually inspired me to like maybe sit my ass down and support and write another HVH radio playlist. So shout out to Markellis too. I appreciate the love, man. And I appreciate everybody enjoying those Rocky episodes. I still got, as I'm recording this, I still got to put out Rocky 5 and 6. So I'm going to get those out there soon, too. Then I'm going to go see Creed and all that shit at some point. I'm not going to see it. Apparently, over the weekends, I ain't watched Creed 1 and 2 yet. And it come out tomorrow. So we'll see how it go. 
And then next week, we'll also see how it goes. I have no idea what's coming next. And it's probably just going to be me again. So until next time, peace.